Capo Caco makes his triumphant return to the New York Rangers lineup, and the Rangers mercifully snap their four-game losing streak by beating the Capitals 2-1 to at Madison Square Garden. We talk about Caco's return, Alexi Lafreniere's big afternoon, and his evolution into becoming one of the Rangers' most consistent forwards. All this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 983 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. So I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the Rangers coming off of a little bit earlier today, what I would consider probably their most important win of the season. They've had wins that have been a little bit more dramatic than this. And um, frankly, they've even beaten opponents that are a little bit tougher than the Washington Capitals. And um, there's games that, you know, had a lot of offensive fireworks, games that went into overtime that the Rangers have won. Uh, They've won in a lot of different ways this season. But as far as just sheer importance, Rangers had to win a game. I think this one pretty much takes the cake because as we've talked about in recent episodes, this is the first time all season that the Rangers have really faced any kind of trials and tribulations, any kind of adversity. Uh, They had, of course, lost their last four games before this one. Before that, they had only had one losing streak the entire season, and that was only a two-game losing streak. So they really needed to get this one. I mean, obviously, look, if you lose this game, it's not like the season's over or anything like that, but you don't want this to just keep snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. And before you know it, you know that the losing streak is up to five if you lose this one today and you lose to the Kraken, it could be six. And then you really start to get worried. Uh, It was really important for the Rangers to get this win today. And they did. And one of the biggest headlines uh, for this game, even just coming into it before the puck even dropped, of course, the return of Capo Caco, the highly anticipated return. Uh, Caco ends up missing 21 games. He last played on November 27th against the Sabres. If you guys remember in that game, uh, there's a really awkward, nasty uh, collision into the boards for Capo Caco. He went down, slid across the ice, hit the boards behind uh, the net. I want to say the Sabres net. And uh, his leg just kind of bent behind him in a really awkward, really kind of nasty looking way. And you're really holding your breath there. I mean, there, there was kind of a hush that came over the arena when that happened. And even Caco himself, you know, he was interviewed after this game and he was saying that he thought it could have been worse than it ended up being. Uh, the fact that Capo Caco is back, you know, we'll just take that as a win because, again, you know, you watch that play happen live and you don't want to speculate too much on injuries, but your imagination can run away with you a little bit. And it, it really looked bad. And um, obviously, you know, we weren't the only ones that were worried. Caco himself was worried. Uh, as it turns out, again, 21 games, not a small amount. But the good news is that up until recently, uh, this recent four-game losing streak that the Rangers had, the Rangers during Caco's absence, basically just kept winning and winning and winning. But I think once you go through a little bit of a rut, like the Rangers have recently, it just makes you look that much more forward to getting somebody back on to the ice. And of course, Caco wasn't setting the world on fire with his offensive numbers before getting injured. But the bottom line, Capo Caco does make this Ranger team better. Uh, he subbed into the lineup in place of uh, Anton Bleed. And the game before that, it was Jake LeCision. 
You know, we saw Riley Nash get a game earlier this season and nothing against any of those players. Uh, they're given everything they, they can and, and all that. But Capo Caco is obviously, you know, an upgrade on anybody that I just mentioned there. And, you know, it, it's just really nice to get him back out there and see him step back into a, a prominent role, which leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is, of course, the fact that the Rangers did not exactly uh, put Capo Caco into the shallow end for this game. He went out there. He was right back out there with Kreider and with Mika Zibanejad on the Rangers' top line. There is a little part of me that would have liked to have seen a little bit more of Will Cooley, see him get a little bit more run with Mika and with Kreider. We've talked about the revolving door that has been there at the top line right wing spot. Uh, certainly this season, really, you could go all the way back to when Pavel Buchnevich was traded. A lot of different guys have come and gone and been given opportunities in that spot. Um, you know, Cooley, he made a nice play the other day. Uh, the, the loss of the Capitals was really applying pressure in the offensive zone on the four-check, caused a turnover, led to a goal uh, for Adam Fox. And uh, Cooley's just played really well this season. You kind of want to see him get rewarded. Um, but I'm okay with the Rangers going back to this line. This is the line that I think, uh, as the Rangers are currently constructed, has the most upside as far as the players you could go with, the players that are available. You're not going to touch anybody on the Panarin line. you got to keep Panarin, Trotrick, and Lafreniere together. They're the most consistent line. They're the most, obviously, offensively dangerous line for the Rangers when it comes to 5v5. So basically, it's just a matter of figuring out who plays with Kreider and Mika. Now, I saw a couple of other ideas floating around on social media. There were some people saying, ah, oh, maybe put uh, maybe put Cooley, Mika, and Kako together on the top line, or maybe just leave Cooley with Mika and Kreider, and you could have Kako on the third line. These are all options. These are things that, you know, I'm willing to uh, at least entertain the idea. You know, maybe some of you want to push for one of those line combinations uh, in the near future here. But as it Stands right now, I'm cool with them going back to this. Again, this was supposed to be the Rangers' top line heading into the season. It didn't really click for a while when these three were together. Uh, but we have had, or we have seen this trio have at least some success together in the past. So with that being the case, I'm cool with throwing Capo Caco back out there. And again, they've had such a revolving door you know, from Caco to Wheeler. Let's see if I can remember all these. It went from Caco to Wheeler uh, to Brodzinski, back to Wheeler, then to Will Cooley for like one game. And... um. And now, uh, of course, back to Capo Caco. And you just hope that it clicks this time around. Uh, that, that line did have some good shifts together in this game. But we'll see how it goes. For right now, it's touch and go. You know, Do they eventually shake up that top line? Is the Rangers' top line right winger even on the roster right now? Because, of course, the trade deadline will be in March. And uh, it's possible they look to add somebody at or near the deadline. So we'll see. But, again, for the time being, totally cool with giving these three you know, another shot together um, as we go forward here and into the next uh, couple of games uh, that the Rangers are going to be playing here. Of course, then that means your second line. And really, let's be honest, this is the Rangers' top line. It's all semantics. They list them as the second line. But Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere, again, you just cannot touch that line right now with how well they've played together. Another really strong afternoon for that trio. Uh, the third line, then you had Cooley, Bonino, Wheeler. And the fourth line, VZ, Goodrow, Brodzinski. They ended up going with Brodzinski centering Cooley and Wheeler. And then Bonino was down playing with Goodrow and VZ. And per Vince Mercagliano on Twitter, uh, he mentioned that the Cooley, Bonino, and Wheeler line was struggling, and I was aware of that. But one thing I wasn't aware of that Vince tweeted out uh, during the game today is that that line for the Rangers, uh, again, Cooley, Bonino, Wheeler, they were outshot six to nothing. So looking for a little bit of a shakeup in the bottom six, and we'll keep our eye on that too. You know, it's kind of uh, touch and go as far as which players play with who in the Ranger bottom six right now because, you know, there's good defensive forwards there, but there's just not a lot of offense. And, um, you know, right now they're going to maybe 
kind of mix and match a little bit in the bottom six and see if anything clicks. You just kind of have to keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best and hope that at least these lines, even if they're not producing offense, at least they can be good defensively and not be liabilities out there. Uh, we'll see how it goes, uh, you know, moving forward here. But as for Kako, get the attention back on him. Uh, looked pretty good, I thought, for his first game back. And you know, he was back out there on the Rangers' second power play unit. Uh, Keandre Miller was the odd man out. He was removed from the Rangers' second power play unit. And he almost scored on the tail end of a Ranger power play. He had at least two really good chances in this game where he got close to scoring uh, more on those opportunities in a second. But he was skating, looked comfortable, didn't seem to show any um, you know, ill effects from the injury that he had a little bit earlier this season. And, um, you know, that he could have possibly played in yesterday's game. But I, I get that feeling that the Rangers, this is kind of their plan. They saw the back-to-back there. And they wanted to make sure they got Capo Caco out there, um, not for a back-to-back when he's just off of, uh, you know, the injured list and having missed about six weeks of action. It was probably the better move um, to just have him play in the second game of the back-to-back. And that's, of course, what he did. As far as his stat line, it was an even plus-minus, two hits, two shots on goal. He ended up with 16 minutes and four seconds of ice time. Now, that's quite a bit. And interestingly, there were only a handful of Ranger forwards got more ice time than Kako in this game. Uh, Just four, in fact. It was Panarin, pretty much the guys you would expect. It was Panarin, Trocek, Kreider, and Mika. That was it. Capo Kako, fifth among Ranger forwards in time on the ice in his first game back. And he's going to be a really important player for this team going forward. We've talked about uh, the lack of options, the lack of depth when it comes to right wing. Hopefully he can go out there and click with Mika and Kreider, and that line can finally get it going. You know, they picked it up for a little while, not too long ago. Kreider and Mika both got hot, and they were actually producing 5v5, but the last handful of games here, they've kind of gone quiet again, and uh, you just hope that Kako maybe sparks them a little bit sooner or later. uh, That line figures it out, gets it rolling when it comes to 5v5 hockey. And, of course, the most important stat for Capo Kako, he got the Broadway hat in his first game back. But, again, I I thought he overall looked pretty good. Got a couple examples of that. Uh, First period, he had the Mika Zabanajad line. One of their best shifts of the game, I thought. They were really controlling the puck in the offensive zone. They probably could have shot the puck. You know, that would have been a good idea. Apparently, there were fans actually uh, chanting shoot the puck during today's game. But at the very least, they had the puck in the offensive zone. They were cycling it a little bit. You had uh, Kako knocking Dowd down to the ice in the corner while he was going for a loose puck. So uh, nice to see Kako. You know, I feel like you come back from an injury, you want that first hit. Whether you're giving it or receiving it, preferably giving it. But uh, either way, you want to just kind of get knocked around or knock somebody around a little bit. Feel like you're playing hockey again. And uh, that had to feel good for Kako, you know, laying a pretty good hit on Dowd there. But then he had Mika. Uh, he had a hit in the corner when he went in on the forecheck. And then Kako came over, forced a turnover by the Capitals. Uh, puck went right to Mika's advantage. Added. Mika with a short pass over to Chris Kreider. And unfortunately, the puck kind of bounced over Kreider's stick. Would have been a golden scoring opportunity, all set up by a good defensive play by Capo Kako. But then Kako came close to scoring himself on a couple of different occasions. They were both at, you know, sort of the tail end of a Ranger power play. Rangers second unit again, by the way. We should probably go over this because it is different now that Kako's back. Uh, Kako, Gustafson, Brodzinski, Lafreniere, and Wheeler. And again, you you do see the lack of scoring depth for this team just looking at that. And this is after Kako comes back. But, you know, you've got guys out there that, you know, Gustafson's fine quarterbacking the second power play. I, I think that's all right. You don't really expect him to get too many goals, but... As a second power play unit quarterback, uh, he's okay. Hasn't been as good recently as he was earlier in the season. But, you know, you've got Brodzinski out there, and he started the season in the AHL. And Wheeler, I mean, he picked it up for a little while, but overall, you know, it hasn't been a great season for him. Wasn't expecting prime Wheeler, but was probably expecting a little bit more than this, and I'm sure I'm not alone there. But at the very tail end of this power play, he had Lafreniere passing from behind the net in front to Kako and a point-blank save 
by Charlie Lindgren. That's one of those plays where you kind of start to get up out of your seat a little bit. It really looked like he was going to score. And uh, for Capo Caco to score in his first game back, that would have been really cool. And uh, I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans would have been feeling good about that. But then also, the third period, once again, tail end of the power play. Rangers second unit gets out there. Uh, Caco gets a shot from the center of the ice. Save is made. You get a wild scramble. Uh, Lafreniere had a chance at the rebound. He couldn't quite lift it over Lindgren's pad. And we're talking about Charlie Lindgren, of course, not Ryan. Um, but Lafreniere couldn't bury the rebound. And then Kako, he was whacking away at the rebound too. He had a chance to put it in the net and just was unable to do so. But it was nice to see Kako generate a couple of scoring opportunities and just look comfortable and um, look like he's ready to go. You know, showing no ill effects, as I mentioned earlier, uh, from the injury that cost him 21 games uh, of the season. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Let's talk about Lafreniere a little bit there. And I want to focus in on him because I thought he just played an excellent game for the Rangers. He's really played well recently. The goals haven't necessarily been there. The assists have, not so much the goals. But I want to talk about Lafreniere and his kind of evolution into one of the Rangers' most consistent forwards. And we're going to do that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to us by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to win, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays and much, much more. Of course, the NFL playoffs are going on right now, and uh, there's actually going to be two games on Monday due to the postponement of the one game, so definitely check that out. But once again, visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, also wanted to mention that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so we'll go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I do want to kind of hone in on Alexi Lafreniere and the way that he played because I thought he was excellent. And really, it just kind of continues a trend of Lafreniere playing some really strong hockey. You know, you watch these games uh, go by here, and you do see a lot of Ranger forwards that are kind of struggling to get it going. He's not one of them. I know the goals haven't been there. They said this is his first goal in his last nine games. Uh, he's been snake-bitten a little bit. I think if there's one critique of Alexi Lafreniere, you could say that some of his high danger scoring chances, it does feel like there's times where he's just shooting it right into the goalie's stomach or maybe even missing the net completely. Um, so the shot accuracy is maybe the one thing that hasn't quite been there uh, for Lafreniere uh, during this recent stretch, but he's racking up a lot of assists and just looking good, looking dangerous. I mean, that line of you know Panarin and Trocek and Lafreniere, anytime they've got the puck and they're carrying it through the neutral zone, they're gaining the blue line, you feel like there's a really good chance they're going to score. They're going to do something creative. Without jumping the shark, you know, not something ridiculous, not one of these no-look passes to nobody. Um, They're going to get in there and make something happen. At the very least, get a high-danger scoring opportunity. Lafreniere is getting to those high-danger scoring areas on the ice. Uh, His skating is so much better this year uh, than I think we've ever seen it since he's come in the NHL. And he just clicks very well with Panarin and Trocek. And just very active on every shift. You know, it, it feels like he's another one of those players that's kind of in the middle of everything. It's been great to see uh, working very hard, turning in some blue-collar shifts. 
getting under people's skin a little bit. We saw that at times in this game as well, just becoming a really well-rounded hockey player. It's an awesome to see. And like I said, finally uh, got out of his uh, goal-scoring slump. Again, the, the assists have been there. The goals haven't. But he started this whole thing with a hit on Carlson in the corner in the offensive zone. Uh, Lafreniere, that is. Capitals still tried to work the puck out. They were having some trouble with it, though, because Vincent Trocek was there. Uh, he had the puck along the boards. He's got two Capitals on him. The Capitals almost clear the puck. Uh, Braden Schneider is there. He prevents it from going out. And at this point, you know, Lafreniere is basically the only guy near the Capitals' net. And Schneider, quick thinking, uh, good eyes, obviously, finds Lafreniere uh, in deep. And Lafreniere is there. He makes a couple of moves. He almost scores right there from the doorstep. The save is made. Um, but then the puck is laying there, and he's able to, to find it and bury his own rebound, get it past Lindgren, and took a heck of a hit uh, from Tom Wilson as he was doing so. So Lafreniere, basically, it's almost like a quarterback. You know, you hear the quarterback stood in there and took a big hit to deliver the pass. Yeah, Lafreniere, um, he took a big hit from Tom Wilson to get this puck into the net. And even uh, when he finally broke his goal-scoring streak here, didn't come er didn't come easy. Uh, very easily could have scored on the first opportunity. As we mentioned, Charlie Lindgren was fantastic for really this entire weekend. Uh, he denied him on the first chance, but Lafreniere stuck with it. Got the puck in the net. A little bit of a blue-collar goal there uh, for Alexi Lafreniere. And um, yeah, again, just, just you know stuck with it and found a way to make it happen. Turns out to be the game-winning goal. And also worth pointing out, uh, since the Rangers only scored two goals in this game, Lafreniere was, of course, on the ice for the other goal that the Rangers scored. Um, you had just a really nice play by Jacob Truba. He had the puck behind the Ranger net, brought it in front, uh, long outlet pass to Vincent Trocek on the right side. Trocek kind of moves toward the center of the ice in the neutral zone, gets the blue line, dishes to his left to Panarin. Panarin, a one-timer, scores, and at that point gave the Rangers a one nothing lead. But Alexi Lafreniere, good things are happening when this guy's on the ice. But I got to say, my favorite performance, or my favorite aspect of Lafreniere's performance today, the fact that he drew not one penalty, not two penalties, not three penalties, but four penalties in this game. I mean, is that a record? Is that like an NHL record? Probably not. Is it a Ranger record? Have, have there been Rangers? I mean, it's not a stat that you really think of that often in terms of like franchise leaders, but can somebody think of a game where somebody on the Rangers drew more than four penalties? Lafreniere got four in this game here today, one in every period. And then of course, two in the third period. Um, so one, in the first one, the second two in the third, but you've got uh Faravee, He high six Lafreniere early in this game behind the capital net. And um, then got mad and basically attacked Lafreniere after the whistle had blown. Um, so, again, that's what I talked about earlier. I don't know if Lafreniere said something. I don't know if he did something. But seemingly getting underneath his opponent's skin there. There was also in the second period, Faravee again uh, interferes with Alexi Lafreniere in the capital zone. Felt like he had to slow him up a little bit and was able to do so. But uh, obviously also took a penalty. Uh, you also had in the third period, Edmondson catches Lafreniere with a high stick. You know, that got him pretty good, and, and, and Lafreniere wore it, and obviously uh, drew the penalty for his team. And then also in the third period, you've got Carlson tripping Lafreniere. Um, Carlson, it, it was I, I don't know if I've ever really seen a, a play develop quite like this. Carlson, Lafreniere's got the puck. Rangers are coming in on the rush, and we know how dangerous that line can be on the rush. Um, Carlson trips over a stick that's down on the ice, falls down, and Lafreniere's going by him with the puck. And so Carlson just kind of reaches to try to stop him, trips him up, takes the penalty. Um, but this shows you know, basically what a menace uh, Lafreniere has become for the opposition. Their teams are having a tough time dealing with him. I don't know that in any other season that Lafreniere has been with the Rangers that there would have been a game where he's playing at such a high level that, you know, he's drawing four penalties. And, and you could say that, you know, some of these are 
kind of coincidental. You know, the the one high stick was just kind of out of nowhere and, and just kind of just kind of happened. And of course, you know, he had this fluky play where Carlson is tripping over a stick on the ice and then having a triple off right here. But still, this man went out there and drew four penalties in this game. That's you know, they're not gonna go out there and take four penalties against one of the Rangers in the bottom six right now. You're not going to do that uh, against a player who's not that much of a threat. But the fact is, Alexi Lafreniere goes o- goes out there. He's flying in every shift. He- he's all over the ice. He's skating really well. He's creating scoring opportunities. Again, just creating all kinds of havoc uh, along with Trocek and with Panarin. And he's forcing opponents to have to do this. So this guy goes out there, draws four penalties in the same game. Would have been nice if the Rangers scored on one of the power plays. Um, that was not unfortunately meant to be and um, a shaky weekend for the Ranger power play. Although in this game, I got to say, I thought the Ranger power play was a little bit better in this game. They had some chances, but again, Charlie Lindgren was fantastic uh, for the Capitals, but just very cool to see, um, you know, Alexi Lafreniere developing into this uh, very well-rounded player, very well-rounded forward. And one other point I want to make here about Lafreniere. So we talk about the Panarin effect, the Panarin bump, as I've kind of pointed, coined it on here. Basically what happens when you're on the line with Artemi Panarin, it doesn't matter if you're a superstar player, a uh, homegrown Ranger player, old, young, journeyman, whatever it might be, anybody that plays with Artemi Panarin, you're going to get a little bit of a bump in your offensive numbers. And that just speaks to how good of a player Artemi Panarin was or is. Um, but there was a situation years ago where, you know, Ryan Strom was the center of the Panarin line. And one of the points that I always made on here to kind of back up Strom, because Strom was one of those players, a little bit of a polarizing ranger. You know, some people really liked him. Others, you know, couldn't wait to basically run him out of town. Um, but the point that I would always make is that, okay, yeah, Ryan Strom, obviously he's seeing an uptick in his production, largely due to the fact that he's playing with Artemi Panarin. But the one thing I would always say in his defense is, well, Artemi Panarin is having some of his best seasons ever. In one case, it was his best season ever, and he's doing it with Ryan Strom as his center. And keep in mind, this is somebody that earlier in his career put on the same line as prime Patrick Kane. So you got to give Strom at least a little bit of credit there. And I think the same thing can be said right now. I mean, yes, Alexi Lafreniere is definitely benefiting from playing with Artemi Panarin. There can be no doubt about that. He doesn't have to worry about the fact that he's going to be on a different uh, line if he has you know one shaky shift or whatever it might be. He's gotten to play the entire season with Artemi Panarin. And it's not a charity case. I mean, I'm sure that he's got to go out there and produce. If he's not producing, maybe uh, LaViolette and the coaching staff look to mix things up. But obviously, they've been clicking all season. And again, Artemi Panarin having what's probably his best season ever, he's going to shatter his previous career high for goals scored. I think he's only about four goals away from his previous career high. And he's doing that with Alexi Lafreniere. And Trocek's out there too, and Trocek's helping. And obviously, these three guys are all helping each other. But again, we talk about the Panarin effect, him helping other players to... You know, bigger offensive numbers, bigger offensive seasons than they would likely otherwise get. Well, Alexi Lafreniere is, at least in one way or another, helping Artemi Panarin to what's probably going to be uh, the best season of his career. So I, th- I think Lafreniere deserves some credit uh, for that as well. But anyway, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. There was a lot to talk about coming out of this game. So I'm going to talk about a couple of different things in just a second, including uh, the latest nonsense from Tom Wilson. Going to have some thoughts on that. Him basically clotheslining Ryan Lindgren, WWE-style uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. A whole bunch of other stuff as well, including Igor Shesterkin. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app 
that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy. Awesome feature, by the way. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices. Show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so a couple of odds and ends here before we call it a day. Uh, one thing that I wanted to do here is give some props to a Ranger that I think at times comes under fire from Ranger fans. And there's certainly uh, things about this player that you could critique from time to time. But overall, I do think some of the criticism of him this season has been a little bit overstated, a little bit unwarranted. He has had some hiccups here and there. Overall, I think he's a good player for the Rangers and somebody that they're going to need going forward. And that player is Braden Schneider. Uh, I already mentioned the play that he made on the goal by Alexi Lafreniere. If he doesn't keep that puck in the capital zone, it's possible the Rangers don't even win this game. I mean, let's be real. Goals have been a little bit of a premium for the Rangers the last handful of games here. Um, as we've talked about, you know, the power play has slumped a little bit, so that's hurt the Rangers. And only the one line is really doing anything offensively 5v5. So if Braden Schneider doesn't hold the puck in the zone here and doesn't very quickly see Alexi Lafreniere and even quicker, you know, make the pass to him, then, you know, it's possible that the goal, I mean, the goal wouldn't have been scored. And it's possible the Rangers don't end up winning this game and they've lost five in a row. And you, you know how it is. You know, the sky would be falling at that point uh, for us as Ranger fans. But a great play by Braden Schneider there. There was also a play that he made a little bit later in the first period. He was uh, defending a late developing two-on-one rush for the Caps, and you can't do it any better than this. Basically, he took away the pass completely, and then he took away the shot completely. He went down to the ice, took away the passing lane. Um, the player then tried to shoot, and he basically adjusts like almost while he's down on the ice and reaches out with his stick and prevents a shot from getting away as well. And at the time, it's the first period. It was only one to nothing. Cap score there. Again, you never know what can happen. This is a low-scoring game. They get a goal there. Maybe they start feeling good. Maybe they find their game a little bit. Excellent play by Rainer Schneider there. I thought also in the third period, a uh, really nice play. And this is when the Rangers are up two to one. A little bit more than five minutes to go in the game. They're trying to hang on to this one goal lead. And you've got TJ Oshie on the rush up the left side. And Brian Schneider's there, basically just stands him up, you know, bodies him, knocks him off the puck, and prevents any scoring opportunity that uh, possibly could have happened. And Oshie was one of the Capitals' best forwards in this game. He had the goal, of course, but I thought he had probably more scoring opportunities for the Caps than anybody else. And he was, uh, he got over the blue line with some speed there. Uh, got other chances in the game to score, and Schneider stood him up. Again, knocked him off the puck, prevented the scoring opportunity. Now, right after this, we had TJ Oshie basically getting Schneider with a stick to the midsection, and then Schneider kind of returned the favor with a slash, and they both got matching minors, so they both went off, uh, and the team skated four-on-four four, uh, for two minutes with 5.08 to go in the game. But just a lot of little plays by Brandon Schneider in this game. Again, people kind of get on him when he struggles a little bit, but I don't know, man. I, I think as far as number five defensemen go, and guys that are, how old is Schneider now? 21, 22? I think he's like 22 now. Um, I, I fail to see what the problem is. Can Has he had some bad games here and there? Yes. Has he had some hiccups here and there? Yes. Has he had a, a you know, a, a turnover that you wouldn't like to see every once in a while? Yes, that does happen. But for the most part, I think Brandon Schneider uh, has done well for the Rangers since being called up. And he played a really nice game here. And I bet a lot of the people that kind of get on him a little bit, 
you don't want to let plays like this fly under the radar then because you got to be fair here. You know, Braden Schneider, again, just a lot of little plays in this game that I really think helped the Rangers win, and that was obviously nice to see. Uh, another takeaway from this game, Tom Wilson is still Tom Wilson, and you can um, make of that whatever you will. I'm not going to say everything that's on my mind when it comes to that. Uh, the funny thing about this, it's not even funny really, but the interesting thing about this is that we've seen a lot worse from Tom Wilson than anything he did over this weekend. But you had the thing in Saturday's game where he puts Brodzinski into the board's face first. Brodzinski's bleeding all over the ice. Now, Brodzinski did turn kind of late there, and Wilson was already kind of bearing down. But at this point, Tom Wilson never gets any benefit of any doubt for as long as he plays hockey. That's just the reputation he's built for himself, and that's the kind of player that he's shown himself to be. I will never give him the benefit of the doubt on anything. I'm not going to do it on that head in Brodzinski. Then in this game, a couple of little things here and there, but the one that was bad, I mean, he was targeting Lindgren the entire game, but Lindgren didn't have his stick. He's going off for a change, um, you know, skating off. He's nowhere near the play. Tom Wilson just gets onto the ice, and he goes by, and as I mentioned a second ago, basically clotheslines him WWE style. Uh, he had his, you know, his arm up and his fist up and caught him, you know, in the neck and the face area and doesn't get a penalty for it because why would they do that? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Lingard had no idea this was coming. was basically blindsided by it. And um, just a dirty play from a dirty player. What, what else can you say? I mean, there's no gray area when it comes to this stuff with Tom Wilson anymore. Um, and, you know, while we're talking about this, Ryan Reeves is awesome. And, I, you know, there wasn't a place for him on this Rainer team anymore. You know, he kind of just got squeezed out of the lineup very naturally. But go back and look at, you know, those games that the Rangers played against the Capitals while Reeves was here. And while it's true, we never did get that heavyweight matchup that we wanted with Reeves actually fighting Wilson. Tom Wilson was invisible. He was a ghost in those games where the Rangers had Ryan Reeves. So I really do wish that anytime the Rangers played the Capitals, and they're not going to play them again this season, barring a playoff matchup, which could happen. You never know. Um, but I always wish we could just borrow Ryan Reeves for a game, bring him back over anytime uh, that the Rangers are playing the Capitals. Because, I mean, he was about as quiet as a ch church mouse in those games. And now that Reeves is gone, you see him starting to act up again, which, again, tells you just about everything you need to know uh, when it comes to Tom Wilson. But uh, other things that I liked in this game, I thought the Rangers had an awesome start to this game, just a really strong start. The goal early uh, from Panarin in the first minute of the game. But beyond that, you know, the Rangers out-possessing the Capitals, out-skating them, out-working them, out-hustling them, basically beating the Capitals in every facet of the game uh, early. And we talk about how, you know, again, the, the goal or the shift that follows the goal, how that's a weak point for the Rangers. Something else that I think is a little bit of a subplot of that, because I think there's times where at the start of periods, at the end of periods, maybe they're not as sharp as you'd like to see them be. Well, in this game, in this period, this first period here, they score a goal less than a minute into the action, and they score a goal with less than a minute remaining in the period. So that was nice. Good to see the Rangers sharp at some important parts of the game. Um, the only kind of downside of this is that it felt like the Rangers at the end of every period today gave up a pretty good scoring opportunity, including at the end of the game. And we might as well go ahead and talk about that right now, because I do want to talk a little bit about Igor Shosturkin. Uh, He was really good in this game, stopped 24 of 25 shots, and none bigger then, you know, we never really saw a replay of it, but the Capitals had an offensive zone penalty or an offensive zone faceoff, rather, um, with 6.8 seconds to go. And they won the faceoff clean, got a good shot away, and Igor made the save, turned it aside. The clock ran out. The Rangers won the game. But that's a disaster if that puck goes in there. And again, I, I don't think they ever showed a replay, so I would have liked to have gotten a little bit better look at, at that. Uh, how good of a save was that for Igor Shosturkin? I'm not sure, but he was on his toes there, obviously. And um, I don't know if it was his most difficult save, of the afternoon, but it was certainly 
um, his most important because obviously the game's on the line at that point. But a lot of uh, a lot of good saves from Igor in this one, and really even the goal that he gave up. I mean, first of all, it was caused by a bad turnover by Eric Gustafson. Um, Gustafson had the puck kind of in front of the reindeer net, but he's got space, he's got time, and he goes for that play where you, know, you lift the puck out of the zone. And unfortunately, the Capitals knock it down; they get control of the puck. Igor ends up making two or three really tough saves here. And then finally on the third or fourth chance, whatever it was for the Capitals, uh, they were able to put it into the net and uh, they cut the Ranger lead to two to one there. So even the goal that Igor gave up was the result of a bad turnover and the Capitals needing, you know, three or four whacks at it to finally uh, get it past him. Uh, one of his best saves though, his much cl- most clutch saves of the afternoon was against TJ Oshie. He made a sliding save against him. Basically, you had Dylan Strom. Uh, he spun past the puck across you know, the goal line, kind of in deep there uh, toward the crease. And Igor moves hard to his right, makes the sliding save. Uh, Igor also had a nice glove save with about a minute 30 to go in this game. So Igor coming up big for the Rangers. Um, this game was 2-1 to one for a pretty long time. And um, the Rangers mostly defended well in this game. But um, Igor was also there when the Rangers needed him to be there. And uh, that's the kind of goaltending that we're used to seeing from Igor Sesterkin. And obviously, uh, we hope that his best hockey is still in front of him because he hasn't had a bad season, but he's had an inconsistent season. He's had his ups and downs. I think that's fair to say at this point, as we've now crossed the midway point of the regular season. I think that's fair game to say that. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're just kind of hoping, I think, that um, with Igor Sesterkin, that his best hockey is yet to come. And I get the feeling that that very likely is the case. A couple other things to run through here before we call it a day. Uh, with the goal that Panarin scored in this contest, he now reaches 400 points in just 310 games as a Ranger. That is the fastest that any player in Ranger history has ever gotten to 400 points, which kind of puts into perspective just how good he's been, just how important he's been to this team since he's gotten here. But for some context, Panarin reaches 400 points in 310 games. Uh, Mark Messier did it in 322 games. Then you've got Leach at 380, Esposito at 405, and uh, Bathgate at 423. So there's quite the drop-off. I mean, Messier wasn't too far behind Panarin's pace, but, I mean, even from Panarin, who did it the fastest, to Brian Leach, who did it the third fastest, Leach needed 70 more games. Granted, he's a defenseman, but still, uh, just kind of an eye-popping number for Artemi Panarin. Just what an offensive juggernaut he's been ever since he's gotten here. It also must be said, the Rangers now, they're calling them the third jerseys. I always used to call them the alternate jerseys, but I guess... The way they want to brand it is the third jersey. Rangers came into this game 3-0 in the third jerseys, now 4-0. And I see a lot of people saying, you know, these jerseys are growing in me. Well, if the Rangers keep winning while they're wearing them, they're going to grow on everybody. So uh, just kind of a, an interesting note there. We saw them kind of strike out with the Lady Liberties last season. They just didn't win a lot of games when they were wearing them. So nice to see them with these jerseys uh, going 4-0. And also, this is an impressive stat. And this one's a little bit more tangible than the one I just mentioned. Um, the Rangers now... Games, the second game of a back-to-back this season, they are now 7-0 and in those games. And that's obviously not easy to do. Now, in this game, of course, they're playing the Capitals for the second straight day. And um, the Capitals are on even footing because both teams played, uh, you know, consecutive games, but are in consecutive days. But yeah, I mean, for the Rangers to always be, you know, at or near their best in the day after uh, a situation where you played the previous day, that's very impressive. You know, that that's not easy to do. It's not easy to always be that sharp. Um, to either bounce back from a loss in the first game of a back-to-back or not be satisfied with just winning the first game of a back-to-back and staying hungry and going out and getting it. Uh, that's a really impressive stat. 7-0 and in the second game of a back-to-back this season are the New York Rangers. But 
figure we would pretty much call it there. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.